And welcome to the Redleaf Retrocast. Modern gaming is the episode today. Jay and JD here. I'm JD. You're Jay. I want to be JD. You can be Jay. You cannot be. No. Why? No, Kitty. Oh my god, we're off to a quick start. <laughs> and we're off. Sid's been a dick, just like always. Is he gonna get locked in the bathroom? Time will tell. Stay tuned. I don't know. That, Inside that... 30 seconds it took for him to get up from his perch and go on the microphone table. <laughs> See? That, that's what we call a um a hook. They'll have to stick around to find out what happens to Sid. Also, you just cracked open a can. What kind of beer are you drinking? So, I have been... I, I'm still on my hipster craft beer kick. Uh, going through the entire New England area, I pretty much finished off Vermont. Now I'm on Maine. Uh, this one's from Mast Landing. This is a uh, what they call a Gunner's Daughter Milk Stout. It is a peanut butter coffee dark chocolate beer. And being that I ate previous to the to the podcasting here, it's time for a dessert beverage. A peanut not my butter f- yes. chocolate dessert beer. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that's a thing. Oh, it's the color is dark as night. <laughs> is it good? Yeah, it tastes like a uh, it tastes like a Bavarian dark beer with uh, with hints of chocolate and um. You can really taste the peanut butter. That's for sure. <laughs> ah. You can so, definitely see a lot of people really, really liking this beer. It's not my usual go-to. It's just, it's the last one from Mass Landing I haven't had yet. It was very, it was, so I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. Not so usually the, my thing with these dessert beers, but this is okay. There's a local place near me um, that has started selling butter beer, and it tastes exactly like mm-hmm. butterscotch, and it's just like, so good. Oh, then you would probably like this one if you like beers like that. I don't know if I would like, so, I Jay? like peanut butter. So, I don't know. Time will, time will you tell. You don't like peanut butter. Exactly what I said. I'm not a fan of peanut butter. God, you people from the East. I'll never understand you. Oh, shut up, you Western. You. <laughs> Friggin' multicultural podcast here. We've got an Australian yeah. and, an Amer- and an American. Next thing, we just need a Brit. And then, boom, we have, like, a bunch of people from different places. I don't know where I was going with this. It's too friggin' early. Mm. Yes, you just woke up, and I got home from a nice little day at work. I was watching uh, the Ice Ribbon Peas Party Show, uh, featuring rookies from a bunch of different promotions. Uh, plug in the plug in the wrestling cast, of course. Go to the redleafretrocast.blogspot.com. You can look at all of the latest uh, wrestling podcasts. Uh, I do write-ups at Wrestling News World over the retro stuff that we cover there. Uh Kay from the Big Egg Josie podcast seems to be a uh, more often than not host these days. <laughs> <laughs> Since Can he I, tends to watch as much wrestling as me, I guess. <laughs> I think he just watches everything that you're watching. But to be fair, that's yeah, fine. Can I ask a very important question about Peace Party? Sure. Is this the show that Friend of SmackDown podcast, Marsha Slamovich, was on? Uh, she was on the previous one. Ah, how'd she do? Because I was going to buy that show, a... but I never ended up doing it. She's okay. Got, yeah, she's, she got a lot to learn still. Yeah, look, she's working with Marvelous. Like, they're, she's she's really improving. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw her live at uh, Beyond Wrestling last year, so it seemed like uh, she's got some kind of good head on her shoulders. Yeah. She can improve in the next, uh, next year or two. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's there until the end of the year, so anything she can learn from Chikusa and Tsukumi is going to be good for her. <laughs> what did they ever do? Yeah, especially Chikusa. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, who's who that? <laughs> who's Rambo Nagayo? Yeah, no one knows. This is episode 35. We're talking games from the month of August 2020 that we're at. Yeah, August yeah. 2020. It is September, after all, as we do. Uh, beginning of each month, we cover the previous month's uh, more or less bigger titles or games that we played that, uh, that released. So we got five games uh, that came out. And uh, one that we totally missed out on that became kind of a, uh, a cult hit amongst our our fandom and my mother. Ooh. Unfortunately, my mom is currently on vacation in the middle of Colorado. She hasn't called me that she gotten lost this time, so 
she will not be on this episode, but I will get her her tier rank nonetheless. Ah, just you so and me, just you and me today, Jay. That's that that's no. Um, very important question. Did, where did you mm-hmm. get lost last time? Uh, North Dakota. <laughs> Is like speaking as an outsider here, is there much of a difference between like the wilderness in North Dakota and where she is now? Geologically, oh yeah. Okay. Very much so. All right. Is she an one outdoorsy is in the kind? Rocky Mountains? Is one she an outdoor? The other is not. Is she an outdoorsy <laughs> kind of person typically, or? Uh, mm, it depends what era of her life you're in. <laughs> All righty. I'm waiting on. I know a phone that's a loose answer, like... but that that. It's really kind of how it is. I'm waiting on a phone call, man. Like, look, I took three lefts and I thought it would make a right, but it turns out I ended up somewhere completely different and I don't know where I am. Look, when you get me and her in a car, our sense of direction is, ironically, since I can read a map, but if I'm just trying to remember directions in general, the two of us together, we're like the Bugs Bunny. It's like, damn it, how'd we end up in Albuquerque? (laughs) Alrighty. How good. Bugs Bunny joke. Looney Tunes are a good show. Yes. yes. All right. So let's get uh, let's get this big news out of the way. Xbox finally released uh, launch date and the prices of their two consoles. So they're the ones that bit first over Sony, which is kind of funny since I was just talking about that on the Retro Gaming Podcast. I completely miss this. Yes. So Microsoft announces price and release date for the new Xbox consoles. Their uh, so, the next-gen are known as the series, okay? Not to be confused with the current-gen, which are known as the ones. <laughs> because, you so know, like, X... naming conventions are a thing, and it's not at all confusing. Right. Yeah, Microsoft, uh, not doing not doing a good job. But, on a, I, I must commend them on the ballsiness of their price points. So the disc-based system, the X, is going to be 500 bucks, kind of what we imagined the next-gen were going to cost. But what's shocking, at least to me, is the disc-less system, the one without the disc drive, is going to be $300 USD. $200 difference, Jay. Huh. I guess, like, it ultimately burns down to whether or not you want a disc tray or not. Basically, uh, it depends on how much you value physical media. It depends on, uh, I still don't know what the hard drive space is going to be, but if it's any indication um, how much games are going to take up on your hard drive in the future, you could be looking at the the next gen just as much as I would on this gen where, you know, once you get like four games, you've already taken up your hard drive space basically. You know, Last of Us 2 was over 100 gigs just by itself, right? So pre-orders start on September 22nd, 2020, and uh, it seems like uh, it will launch on November 10th. So right around the corner. Mm, so now it's time for PlayStation to buy Yes, so that brings up the question, uh, I still think... Uh, that they're going to do a $500 base disc uh, uh, price point. The discless one is now totally up in the air because I was putting that at, at about 450 to 400 But with this competitive price of 300 that's really a game changer. Like, even I would see the value in a discless system uh, being a $200 split, right? I mean... For someone like me who, like, I'm going to get both consoles because I inevitably do. Like, maybe I'll get the digital for one and the disc tape for the other? Yeah. I mean, everything's very everything's very open in the uh, up in the air with how people are going to look at this now. Uh, it's very possible that you'll get a good crossover in just people getting both with such an affordable uh, cross-based system. And with Microsoft really pushing out the... Uh, Game Pass as kind of their big marketing point. Hey, a three hundred dollar uh, base price is not bad, and this is coming from someone myself uh, who is not big on Xbox at all. This is kind of what I was hoping to see from them. Now, does that change what games that they're coming out for this system? No, it, it doesn't. I still need to be proven on that end. That's why 
I'm still not going to buy an Xbox, but I must admit this is a this is a great competitive move by Xbox and uh, really trying to strike in the next generation and next movement in uh, going full digital. Mm-hmm. So the big uh, first of all, Game Pass. Uh, that's that's a pretty decent thing. I still haven't played around with it yet. By the way, did you know the PlayStation Now is not available in Australia? It is not available in Australia? It is not available in Australia. Oh, sucks for Australia. You're telling me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, copy, copyright issues and all, and, and your uh, your Australian laws are very wacky, you know, especially in gaming. Hmm. Censorship laws, I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, but like even for things like friggin', I want to go back and play Infamous because like we'll talk about doing the um, the replay of things, and I looked it up on PSN. It's like yeah, cool, get on PlayStation now. Couldn't figure out how to get PlayStation now. Looked up why I couldn't get PlayStation now. It's like yeah, it's not available in Australia. I'm like, well, that's friggin' stupid. Yeah, I wonder why that is, but I, I I'm willing to bet it's more towards kind of copyright issues and uh, uh, distribution issues. I would imagine. It's kind of similar reasons why a lot of games on the Japan PSN store are available, but they're not in the United States. Mm. Just not willing to cross the code over. It's not cost effective. You know, all, all these all these weird reasons. Even though it's just at the end of the day, get a, it, It's about licensing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. So that's really interesting uh, for. The difference in price point, I'm sure a lot of people are now uh, looking at Xbox uh, way differently. And the uh, only last little tidbit I'd like to touch on is how how much do you think a game depreciates in its value once it comes out? Because one thing we can definitely point to with data is digital depre- uh, digital depreciation of video games don't go down all that much. And... So you can you would still be getting I don't know Madden twenty one uh, over a year from now, two years from now, uh, you know almost full price maybe ten dollars cheaper but the physical disc would only be you know ten bucks in a store you know just throwing numbers out there significantly cheaper so yeah how how many games would you have to get at that discounted price you know x amount of months after it comes out would be your beneficiary value in splitting the difference. $200 means you'd have to buy a lot of games. <laughs> Does. Um, yeah, that's a very, very interesting point. Like, I tend to buy physical discs for games more than I do for um, the digital copies. That's just explains and that sucks. But yeah, um, it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on just moving forward to see if anything here like changes in that regard. Yes, sir. Do you think that might okay? Like, do you think they might do a trade back sort of thing where like you lose the license and like you'll be able to say like you know how GameStop does a trade in thing? Okay. Like, do you think that they can imply like implement a thing where it's like you try give them back some digital licenses for a discount on? something coming out no 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 (laughs) i i get i get what you're trying to say but that's really doing the impossible because you're still going through a third party and what you're doing is you're buying a license from sony you're not buying a license from gamestop as an example Uh, i don't know either well anyways Let's move on and talk about our games of the month. And let's just get the ones that, the 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 cult game that we missed and that's uh that's Billion Road on the Nintendo Switch. Also what came do you mean, out on Mr. Steam. You played this a hell of a lot. Yes, but this game did not come out in August, Jay. Wait, didn't this it? This game came out in April. Oh. Oh. <laughs> ah, we're very good at this. I, I, okay, I, I'm with you now. We're very well, good at that. Well, it went totally job. under the radar. It only has a seventy uh, uh, score of seventy on Metacritic and only four critic reviews. So this game is just totally under the radar. 
And it wasn't until, uh, uh, not a fan, but more of a more of a friend. Just kind of goes, "Hey, have you heard the, heard of this wacky Japanese game?" I'm like, no. Then he shows me a let's play on uh, from Game Grumps, and they're playing this, and it's like wacky Japanese Monopoly. Yeah, and... like I saw you and Kay playing it a bit, and your mum, and she was kicking your asses. And it oh looks... yeah, it's it's got so it's the same game every time. But uh, what makes it different from Monopoly is it's a free-roaming map, and the map is is uh, Japan, basically. And each location you can land on, so instead of, like, Boardwalk and, and uh, uh, what are other, some, some Monopoly board look Anyways, you have your locations on a Monopoly board, but they're all cities in Japan, and you're going around the cities, and each city has a number of properties you can buy in that city. And if, like, Tokyo is the most expensive one because it's the most expensive city in Japan, so it has, like, a soccer stadium that's worth billions of yen. Uh, you have shopping malls, that kind of deal. Well, if you go to, like, up up north in the Hokkaido area, much cheaper, everything's uh, more geographical, uh, geographic to, like, fisheries and stuff. Um, you get, like, ramen shops, uh, those kind of things. And the objective is to accumulate as much wealth. assets. Yes, accumulate wealth. Accumulate your assets and revenue. Uh, and then at the end of whatever amount of turns uh, that you, or years, mind you, however many years, uh, is the winner. And what's what's really neat about this game is depending on how long you play it, you need to implement different strategies in order to tackle how to gain wealth the best way. So, like, for example, uh, when it was just a three-player game and we just did five years, so each year is 12 turns, okay? So we just did 36 turns. Each year that you play, every 12 turns, you get, uh, and they're based, it's based on a fiscal year, so that's kind of fun. So, like, each turn's a month, if you will. Each turn is a month, yes. Each turn is a month. Uh, and there's goofy things, like, each month there's bonuses, uh, like, to Japanese holidays. Uh, so you learn a lot about Japanese culture, what what makes each city, city special. Uh, you learn the map of Japan <laughs> quite well. And if you're playing a short game, you want to get to the goal as fast as you can. Yes, there's a goal that you get to. So you eat, everyone starts in Tokyo, right? That's your Ever? center point. Okay. You. Can you change like a your dude... starting location? So like you can go with Kyoto. Uh, I don't think you can change your starting location. But what happens is a dude throws a dart at the board, at the map of Japan, and then you race to the to the where the dart landed. That is your goal, and you're everyone's rolling uh, a die to get get to the goal as quick as they can, right? And along the way, you buy up properties that you land on, maybe you get items, uh, what have you, and there's a quirky little monster mechanic. You can collect little monsters that give you uh, bonus points, bonus abilities, that kind of thing. And they add a bunch of little uh, other quirks on the sides, such as a kaiju will come and start destroying things, and you have X amount of turns to maybe fight the the kaiju away from destroying all your properties <laughs> with the, some of the monsters you collect. Uh, if you are the farthest away from when someone gets a goal, a bad monster will start tagging along. Uh, one is called Debt Boy, and he just he just accumulates debt onto you over and over again, or just gives your money away to another player kind of situation. Uh, there's a lot of quirks like that in the game. So... If you're playing a short game, like we did with my mom and Kay from uh, Big Egg Joshi Podcast, you only have a finite amount of turns. So basically the goal is to try to get to the goal as quick as possible or implement, like, like if you're behind, you're going to have to do, like, crazy out-of-this-world strategies, uh, like, guess it, hopefully guessing where the dart might, might land on the next turn because you just know you're not going to get to the goal on time. Uh, as opposed to if you're playing a long game, you can kind of go slow and steady wins the race, 
accumulate bigger assets over a longer period of time to accumulate the the most amount of uh, income long term, right? But you won't see that until like seven years go by. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I've been diving into the single player. There's a fun single player mode where you just try and knock out computer players and which every with every character you knock out, a harder computer player will come in. So that's really fun. Hmm. Well, how exactly do you knock out a player? Like, how exactly do you win? Uh, so in the single player mode, it's over a uh, it's over thirty years that you play, and every five years, whoever is in last place gets knocked out. Oh, so whoever has the least amount of assets. So, what if it was like a computer, like a human player? Do they still get knocked out? Yes. Do you then like does the does an NPC then come and take over? Since you're playing single player and you're the human, it's game over. So like if you're playing multiplayer though, and like you say for example is UK and your mum, and like your mum gets knocked out, does she then get replaced no, no, by no, computer? No, 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 no. That, that's only that's only in single player mode. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Now look, it looks like fun. It looks ridiculous. It just, I wish it had the online multiplayer. Yeah, it doesn't have online multiplayer. It, it does have local multiplayer, which is which is kind of nice. The Steam version, I don't think, has local multiplayer, but it has online only, which is kind of weird and backwards. Kind of wish it had everything, but then that would require, you know, your friends to also have the game <laughs> uh, digitally. It runs kind of awkward and slow on the Switch, unfortunately, I have to say. But... Really, it's it's a blast of a game. It's one of the it's one of the more fun party games I've played in quite a while. Uh, I say check it out. Uh, watch watch a watch a let's play or two uh, from Redleaf Retrocast. We did a whole skirmish mode, myself, mom, and Kay. And you know, if my mom, first time player, uh, ha- has anything to say, she kicked the shit out of us having never played before. So it's 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 quite good for uh, new and experienced players. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, ranking, where are you putting this? I'll give it a solid C. Solid C. All right. Yeah. I thought you would have given it a B, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good with the C. I didn't get a chance to play it, obviously, but it does look like fun. It looks like one of those games that you just like sit down, dick around, play with friends, and then just see where it goes where. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And hey, those games are needed from time to time. Like, it's one of those things where it's been like Mario Party's kind of been the king of the party games for a while, and it's good to see something else like coming out into that field. If you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, our next game. Uh, so, playing quite a few of, the, a few of these on Xbox Games Pass. So. Uh, for the month of August, exp- <laughs> I actually got a lot of use out of my Game Pass on my PC here. And one of these, the first one we're going to talk about, is the new Battletoads game, which came out on August 20th. Uh, Xbox One, Xbox Game Pass, PC. Yes, it is a kind of reimagining of the Battle the of Super Battletoads Nintendo. universe. Is that the Super Nintendo one? Or? No, NES. Ah. Uh... Battletoads was very hard back in the day, and I'm hoping that they continue on with the legacy of the Battletoads and make the game just hard AF for no apparent reason. Eh, I would say they missed a mark on this one. Really? Because yeah, uh, does it still feel like Battletoads? No, no. Hmm. It ha- it has a lot of weird mini games. Uh, that's a mashup of other games, which is nice in the fact that it keeps things different kind of takes too long to get there. Personally, I think a lot of the levels are very monotonous and go on too long. Uh, I think the actual fighting in the game is very miss a lot of the times because, and and I'm saying all this because there's a game that came out this year that I could directly compare to in the same beat em up genre. And that's streets of rage Four. Right. And that game was amazing. That was a real home run. This one is not that home run. This is maybe a single. 
it kind of gets on base with its quirky humor and it's bringing kind of a a decent spirit uh, to the Battletoads franchise back. But really, it's just this pseudo uh, fourth wall breaking humor. Uh, it's very off the wall in a lot of the things. It doesn't hit well with me, but mechanically is where it really loses me. A lot of the levels, again, are just too long. I think the fighting mechanics in the system, it just feels like you miss half the time. You have to be on the exact same plane, on the exact same level as your enemy. While in Streets of Rage 4, it had a lot more leeway. It felt more fluid with its fighting. This just misses on all those accounts. So, uh, Hmm. it doesn't have online multiplayer. That was a huge miss. Because uh, it does say one to three players take control of your Battletoads, right? Oh, it's like, cool, three-player uh, couch co-op. It's literally couch only. Because <laughs> a lot of us were like, oh, shit, we're all getting Game Pass. Let's all play together. Three-player Battletoads, that will be awesome. Because at the very least, it'd be fun with friends. Unfortunately, it's not online. You can only do uh, via the couch. So that really sucks. How does it work, though? Because, like... <sighs> yeah, no, no, okay, no, that's a dumb question. I don't know how that works. But, like... You think that in the year of our Lord 2020 that, like, look, we've had a lot of really weird friggin' problems with multiplayer this year, given everything. And you just think that, like, it should be an option to play online by now? I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, we we're, we're, we ran into a weird issue with Ninjala where it's region locked in multiplayer, which was bizarre. Uh, yeah, now this one just wasn't made. I mean, this one just kind of stealth launched. Hmm. Like, we didn't know it was long. We didn't know it came out until like a week before it was coming out. It's like what Battletoads coming out next week? That was because I only pay attention to the news like pretty damn close. So yeah, that's one thing you are good <sighs> Very at. Very unfortunate. See, it's yeah, like, Kay um... absolutely hated this game. Uh, Sigma's a big. Uh, he's one of the guys in our fan Discord. Uh, he he was trying to play Battletoads on its hardest difficulty. I don't think he kind of finished the game. I had no interest in finishing finishing this game. I was very disappointed. That was just bland, bland humor that was I thought the I think the um design is is a child version of Streets of Rage 4 even though they're going for the same artistic style. Uh the variety in enemies are, are atrocious. I just felt like I was facing the same dudes over and over and over again. Probably were. So. No, I I know I was. <laughs> hmm. so, it's so, a real bummer. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. The um, see, that's one thing that like friggin' I'm, you know how like you play a game as a kid and then nostalgia is a thing, and then you look forward to like things when they come out because like multiplayer, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll get to this game next month when we get to it. But they have missed a couple of the important marks on Tony Hawk, like for the multiplayer stuff, because like you can't. Like, just play with friends. Like, you've got to be always in a party, like, with, I think it's eight other people. And, like, certain game modes are blocked for the online multiplayer, which is kind of stupid, like free skating horse. But anyway, we'll Mm -hmm. get to that. We'll get to it next month. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, Battletoads has a 73 on Metacritic. Uh, I think that's even a little too high for it. I mean, it's playable, (laughs) but it's... uh... Definitely misses on a lot of counts. I'm giving it a D. D for D. disaster. Uh, well, maybe sure, not I disaster, guess. but I don't know. I was just trying to come up with some funny word to say with D. May not have been funny, but I will go with it. Yeah. Uh, but that's a disappointment because, right. um, like, Battletoads was cult classic. Just. Yeah, well, it's going to stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> rare, rare misses again. Another another miss for the company. They used to be like the kings of friggin' just yeah. It's a shame to kind of see what they've yeah. become. Yeah, twenty twenty three years ago, I guess was their <laughs> last made ga- last good game. Made- what was Anyways, that, wait, 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 wait. What was that last good game in your opinion? I was I was kind of like uh, like ninety seven, ninety eight was the last when time was... they made a good game. What like I mean. Uh, just trying to think about it. I'm trying. I don't even like. I just remember playing like a bunch of their platformers. Yeah, that'd be thirty years ago. <laughs> Almost hey. at this point. I mean, 
Yeah, right. I am almost 30, aren't I? So, freaking yeah. Banjo-Kazooie, DK64. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I guess it's closer to 25, but anyways. Jesus Spirit Christ, Fair. I'm old. Another Xbox Game Pass game. Very Xbox Game Pass heavy month, as I said. Uh, hey. Spirit Fair is getting a lot of uh, lot of praise in the gaming world, Jay. Did you get a chance to check this game out? I did not. So... This is all right. I'm just gonna read the summary because it's 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 quite a good one. PlayStation Four, Switch, Xbox came out on all all of them. Has a 7.8 user score. Not enough critics have uh, reviewed this game. And I can't imagine why, because it is getting uh, well, obviously not rave reviews. Otherwise, people would be all over it. But it's getting any any time I listen to another gaming podcast cover this one, uh, even the PlayStation podcast. They like Spiritfarer. I have yet to hear anyone speak poorly of this game. So, summary. A cozy management game about dying. What will you leave behind? Play as Stella, a fairy master to this deceased, a Spiritfarer, as she is called. Build a boat to explore the world, then befriend and care for spirits before finally releasing them into the afterlife. A unique, endlessly varied adventure. Farm, mine, fish, harvest, cook, and craft your way across mystical seas. Unwind for hours into cozy and relaxing gameplay. Join the adventure as Daffodil the Cat in two-player cooperative play is available. All right, I'm already Learn how to cat. say, yeah. Oh, you can hug the cat in the game. <laughs> Dude, ten out of ten, oh, game yeah. of the year. Kind of like freaking with um Ghost of Tsushima, we could pat the foxes. Just game of the year. I'm already in. Oh, when I when I was playing this, my cat would just stare at the screen. <laughs> and then when I hug the cat and the cat goes, meow, he like looks and he's just staring at it even more intently. It was the only time he wasn't like trying to jump around the around the place. Learn how to say goodbye. Experience moving emotional stories filled with unforgettable moments. Spend relaxing quality time with your spirit passengers. Create lasting memories and ultimately, again, learn how to say goodbye. To your cherished friends, what will you leave behind? Spirit Fair. Bills. <laughs> it's by uh, Thunder Lotus Games. What have they made before? Uh, I have. N- I am not familiar with them. Neither am I. I thought you would be able to answer that question, but this sounds really freaky intriguing. Uh, I'm looking at their list, and I don't recognize any of these games. Thunder- All right, that's a good a good start. Uh, it looks like a new company, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very melancholy experience. Uh, you, you, I mean, you you, it's basically item collecting the game, right? Uh, so for example, I mean the the easiest way to describe it is uh, uh, you are the Grim Reaper on the River Styx, and. What what happens is you meet someone from your past or just someone in general, and they have recently died. And in their kind of last moments before they move on as a spirit, you just try to cleanse them. So you, you kind of learn their inner anxieties. You learn what makes them tick. You, you try to keep their mind occupied, uh, trying to accept the afterlife kind of situation. There's a lot there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of mental aspects to this. Dude, this and... has got that really simplistic art style to it that I really enjoy. Yeah, it, it controls a little off at times. Uh, I, I ran into a lot of bugs like that. It, nothing, nothing annoying because the gameplay doesn't require that. Respo- <laughs> you don't need responsive controls for this. You can play a loot. That's awesome. Yeah, you you can you can fish, harvest, whatever you want. Um, Grow vegetables and fruit and whatnot on your on your little boat. Uh, build your build your spirits their own private huts. Uh, make fabric. Basically, what happens is they they want something from you. Uh, for example, this toad, and they all take on uh, animal type looking people. And so this like giant frog toad guy, he goes, oh, "I'm going crazy on this boat. I need a uh, I need to do like some woodwork." And then, like, a sawmill will come up on the blueprint. So it's like, okay, what does it take to build the sawmill? Okay, I need this amount of wood. I need this amount of other wood. And then I need 
metal or whatever it was. Then once you get all that, then you can build the sa sawmill. It appeases him, and then you can now like make your own wood kind of situation, or you get your own uh, loon fabric house, and uh, it, it's it it has a lot of that Animal Crossing uh, appeal to it, where you're just item collecting to build other things. But there's an actual revolving story here with a beginning, middle, and end uh, situation. So uh, I wasn't in the right mood to play it. I was I was definitely more into <laughs> getting back into Yakuza 4, which I'm doing. But I did put in a good few hours into Spiritfarer, and if you're in the mood for something like this game, uh, then definitely check it out. It's very relaxing. Uh, it's it's It'll definitely uh, make you think about death in certain ways, and uh, take you on a little bit of, of an emotional ride. I do recommend hmm. it. I do recommend it. I give it a I give it a good solid B for sure. Look, I've just looked up the um, trailer for it, like as you were talking, like just having a look at it in the background. It looks really freaking interesting. It looks like something that I could just like play for a few hours, go off it for a week, come back, pick up where I left off, and just work my way through it slowly. Like it looks like it's just going to be one of those games where you just go at your own pace and. Do what needs to be done whenever you have spare time. Oh, you absolutely, you absolutely could, for sure. Hmm. No, it looks, look, it looks very interesting. I'm gonna have to check it out. All right, Jay. Next fall game. guys. Fall guys. Oh boy, Jay. Finally, you played Wh something. Where did this come from? <laughs> kind of out of nowhere. I was just. I was just listening, and it's like, hey, this is free on PS Plus. Dude, it launched uh, as a free PS Plus game. Yeah, I ended up also buying this on Steam to play it with my other friends. Do you have other friends? What happened to your other friends? friends. The, the friends Devolver that, like... Digital nails it again. <laughs> yeah, they do. But what happened to your other friends? Because, like, we're your friends in the Discord, and we play Fall Guys, mm. and then we get to fight over a crown, and just... JD, why do you have other friends? How dare you? I do have other friends. Uh, you're not allowed to have those friends anymore. You're only friends with the people in the Discord. If they're not in the Discord and they don't have a PlayStation, you're not allowed to be friends with them. That's so for those that works. don't know, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, your your goofy jelly bean dudes that uh, run on obstacle courses in the vein of wipe out uh, in Takeshi's our, Castle, uh, Takeshi's Castle, wipe out. Uh, American Gladiator C, C, type things. CX, MXC, whatever it was. What's it called? Right, um, yeah. yeah. But you know, dude, this, um, oh my god, this came out of nowhere and it is exactly what I needed last month for a free PS Plus game. Just like something to dick around in when you got 10 minutes. Because like it doesn't take long to find a game. It It's always like a different experience. Because it, it's just so freaking good. And, like, if they're going to keep updating this with, like, different seasons and different game types, which I'm hoping that they do, it's going to be around for a while. I hope it is. Because it's definitely... That's why I ended up uh, spending the $20 on Steam. Uh, I, I just wanted to always have the game. I didn't want to always have to have uh, PlayStation Plus. Right? I got a month of PS Plus just for this game, and then I bought it on Steam. Such a tell you how much praise I'm I'm giving it uh the cosmetics you easily earn in-game currency just simply playing the game and it's or, at a de it's at a decent rate so you can just get cosmetics yeah or you if you it. choose to you can buy DLC to get cosmetics or you can buy cash which I know microtransactions aren't exactly a big thing in this podcast but I've always said if it's for cosmetic stuff it's fine yeah well the difference is that you can easily earn in-game currency yeah, you can. Like, you may, like what, two, three games? You can buy another friggin' top? Buy a new yeah. color? Yeah. Yeah, you, you easily accumulate things, and you get big rewards for actually winning a game. Call, uh, you get the crown. And Which then is another form of currency. You accumulate crowns, and it's, and it's just your little extra form of currency, and it makes you feel even more accomplished. Oh my god, I've won five games finally. I can get a... A extremely special item, whichever it may be, you know. Dude, that uh, had a portal. Where, what I do like... have an issue with is the 
limited time cosmetics, and that's 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 praying. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It's probably mm-hmm. my one one gripe with the game. Uh, but it is free on PS. It was free on PS Plus. We're in September now. It's not free anymore. Uh, so there is that to consider. Hmm. What was your favorite minigame? Because, like, I think we can both agree on our least favorite minigame. Oh, can we? It's the fruit matching one. Oh, yes. Yes, I don't care about the fruit matching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) I think I had the most fun in DoorDash. (laughs) Go left! Go left! (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what's fun. I I was probably the best at the seesaw level. Well. Uh, But I I definitely liked... Uh, the levels where it was a it was an obstacle course race. I like those, yeah, those the most for sure. Besides the um final like the uh, what's it called I don't remember what's called, but like the I'm not a fan of the race to the crown one, like the final obstacle course race sort of one. Like if I if it comes down to the final game, I either want to play the jump stick one or I want to play hexagon. But that's just my I don't play opinion. the jump stick one very often. It was only a handful of times it would ever come up. Yeah, it must. Like, I wonder how it works. Like, because it. The final games, like. It was usually either Race of the Crown or Hexagon. Like, I had the tail one a couple of times, and I only had jump stick once. So. I wonder if it's like a random friggin' just like pick or what the go is, because I feel like I played games more than I played others. Oh, there's definitely an algorithm to it and, and randomness to it all Yeah. on how it goes. Uh, but, like, I wonder if someone had a different experience, though. Like, maybe they play Jumpstick more than they play Hexagon. Yeah. There's some there's some interesting little mechanical strategies that you can implement in the game, such as using the uh, the dive to level out your character so he doesn't flop around like the Jelly Beanie is. <laughs> oh, yeah, because these things are not very, so, like, good on their feet. They can fall mm-hmm. over just by, like, taking an angle just wrong and it's it's fantastic yeah they're funny top uh top heavy so the first two levels are generally an obstacle course race and then there's a team-based level or two and then there's an elimination one i mean this is assuming you go like the full six or seven rounds and then finally Mm. you get your uh Rate your race to the crown hexagon, which is falling platforms, or the uh, be the only one with a tail, which is definitely I think universally the the least liked, is be the one with the tail at the end. Yeah, yeah. You and Kay didn't like my strategy in that. Yeah, sit there and do nothing. Yeah, what a strategy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. Not going for the win, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, hey, look, it worked in other games. You shut up. How many crowns do you have? Six. Yeah, okay, you did better than me. But is this yeah, including, got, the, uh, is this including got, the ones that, like, you th- get for free? You didn't get any for free. You do, you, because you get you some for level up. One? No, you get some for leveling up. Like, there's sometimes crowns, there's sometimes currency, sometimes cosmetics. Oh. Well, I only got... Two on the PlayStation, I got four wins on Steam. Ah, sounds like somebody is a better Steam player than a PlayStation player. But doesn't the Steam nah. version have, like, a bunch of people just, like, being dicks? Like, kind of cheating? I mean, I saw like, that on both. On both. <laughs> I didn't see that in the PlayStation as much as I've seen people complaining about not the there Steam. There is a sense of strategy of being a dick, though. There is a sense of strategy being a dick. By the way, I don't know if you ever figured this out, but you know the grab mechanic where you can like hold players and that sort of thing? Yeah. Did you know you can use that to climb? Yes. I didn't until like a week ago. Because <laughs> like you don't yeah. have to like use some of the freaking platforms. You can just like climb up. And I didn't know that. Because like the game, there's yeah, no tutorial it... for the game. Like it's just kind of figure it out as you go. Which yeah, for this I think kind that's of game what made it very adorable. <laughs> yeah, like for this kind of game, it's perfect. It works. 
So there's going to be a seasonal update with uh, all medieval theme. If you haven't hopped on Fall Guys, it is a slam dunk of a game. It only has an 80 on Metacritic. I don't really know why. Maybe it's because there was some connection issues because there were an unbelievable astronomical amount of players on the game <laughs> that the servers just could not keep up with. So that was funny. Uh, we haven't seen a game like this since Rocket League, basically, and how popular it is in the masses. Jay, I'm giving this an easy A. I'm sure. also giving this an easy A. And if they add friggin' more stuff to it and it's still around come Christmas time, like as much as it is now, um, I might even upgrade it to an S. They're just going to add more stuff to it, like try to make it not as repetitive. Like once there's more mini games involved with it and you don't see the same like three pop up every round, it's just going to be a lot more fun. Yeah, I'm going to be curious how they implement the, the medieval one. Will it be incorporated into all the games we've already played or will it just be by itself and then you just won't see those other levels again? Or can you just choose which which mode you want to play, which season you want to play, right? Yeah, oh, no. like, I'm not a fan of the team games, to be honest with you. So, like, I kind of wish they implemented a playlist where it's, like, just, like, races or, like, just, like, team games or a mix of everything so that you don't have to do things you don't like. Because <laughs> team games Slime suck. climb over and over again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> slime climb's the best. Well, slime climb's frustrating, but slime climb's also the best. Hmm. It's like a 50-50 right. shot of making it there, depending on how freaky stuck you get at the bloody pistons. Stupid pistons. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, uh, we haven't spoken about a PlayStation VR game in a, in a long time. No, yeah. Dreams was uh, Dreams was the last one, but that was an update. <laughs> yeah. So you finally got a new PlayStation VR game, JD. What did you yes. think? Well, it technically came out July thirtieth, but I didn't. I didn't get to. I didn't get to play it on that day. I do. I played it in August. It is called Pistol Whip. Alrighty. And it has a Metacritic score of 89 currently. Okey-dokey. The best way I can describe this is Guitar Hero, uh, like, rhythm beat mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Super Hot with Guns. Go so, on. Did you ever, have you ever heard of Beat Saber? No. Hmm. Well, you know what Guitar Hero is, right? Yes. Okay, so there's music there's music going on, but instead of use, matching your keys to the things on the screen, you're shooting people with your guns matching to the beat. So it's a rhythm game with pistols. Go on. Yeah. So it's all about how it uses color, sound, and motion to uh, kind of connect a player with the interface of the music. Uh, it's It reminds me a lot of Res on how that was originally kind of implemented, but really this is, this is to me, because I've played Beat Saber, it's Beat Saber with guns. That's really what it is in the end. It has a, a little extra element to it with the fact that you're actually shooting things. Right. Uh, yeah, so it's an, um, I think it quantifies as a light gun action game but right. it's a rhythm game so i don't know what you action rhythm <laughs> i guess that's a, i guess that's the genre now <laughs> action them yeah nah, that's a dumb one uh, um and when you get like three four levels in basically it starts it, it's like it's really easy to pick up and play but man if you want to make this game hard it gets super hard I I was I'm kind I was kind of hoping this would take off a lot bigger than what it is, uh, but in the PSVR community and VR community in general, this this game is is top notch. Right. So yeah. All in all, is it what you thought it was going to be? Oh, it's much better. It's one of the best uh, VR games out there, for sure. Simple mechanics and a simple. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine, I mean, just imagine, like, disco beats, like, do, 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 and you're shooting to that beat. <laughs> right, right. I mean... You can picture it in your head, right? Yeah, I can. Okay. Is it first person? No way, because it's a, it's a rhythm-based game, so... Hmm. Yes, it's first person. 
because you're in VR. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, that was a dumb question. Um, <laughs> don't judge me, it's all your fault. Um, no, do no such thing. Good. I'm glad you're not going to judge me. <laughs> so, no, like, I mean, it sounds interesting. Like, I, I got no other way of describing it. Like, I'm... If I had VR, this sounds like something that would be up my alley because I do like those rhythm-based games. I'm not exactly good at them, but I give mm. them the old college try. Okay. The last game on the list, Jay. You ready for this? Wasteland 3. Yes. Have you ever played a Wasteland game before? I have played a Fallout game. Okay, it is not that. <laughs> I, I guess the plot is kind of like Fallout in a way. Well, I mean, Fallout. Have you ever is played XCOM? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Oh. But well, I have seen a lot of the Mario Rabbit game crossover thing. Okay, you've played that. I've, I've seen bit. I've, I've seen, seen it. Yeah. All right. Well. For those that are aware of uh, my review over Desperados 3 from earlier this summer, and I also raved as, about that game. Also known as JD's favorite game of the year so far. Oh my god, it's... I mean, Ghost of Tsushima is definitely in contention. There's no doubt about that. So, Desperados 3 is a uh, real-time strategy game, okay? Right. But, you can stop time and all that so it's not like totally real time uh wasteland 3 is it's xcom it's mario rabbids it is exactly that but it has the real-time mechanic of desperados 3 uh it's just not as good <laughs> i'm not into it it feel it doesn't feel any different than say xcom it's just so xcom is strategy aliens Right? With guns. This is just waste... I mean, it's wasteland, right? It's, uh... Imagine Mad Max, but strategy, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're... you're a, you, you accumulate a squad of guys. Each guy has its own little cork to him. This guy's a rocket launcher. This guy's a sniper. This guy's a pistol. This guy's a brute. Whatever. Right? And you can upgrade them, give them different... Uh, different melees, different uh, little abilities, like this guy can now lockpick, this guy can talk to the enemies or talk to people better, uh, this guy gets a cork where he can get discounts at a store. You get what I'm saying with the characters and how they work? Yes? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yeah, okay. Uh, the... I guess what sets this apart is everything kind of feels incorporated into a big singular map. And it's when, so you're running around this pseudo open map area and then it'll, you'll run into an enemy encampment. And, uh, when you run into them, uh, then the battle will initiate from that point where you run into them, whether there's, whether there's cover or or what have you doesn't matter uh, in the way the game senses. It's just, it's trying to put you in that sense. Oh, you just got to battle. This is where you are. Figure it out from there. Hopefully you were on uh, at or near cover. So characters have X amount of spaces that they can move. Uh, make sure you shoot when there's nothing kind of blocking your vision kind of deal. Again, it is... Straight up XCOM. It's well made mechanically. I don't have much issue with it at all. Uh, I don't like the camera. It's another example of a strategy game that I just think the camera is pretty ass. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought Desperados 3 had a decent viewpoint of the camera, but it was hard as hell as to control and get used to. I just think this one's bad. I, I do not like Wasteland 3's camera. It... It doesn't do a lot of thing. It's missing a lot of the corks that, say, a Fire Emblem has, where it, where it can show you an enemy's path, uh, how many spaces they can do, what's... Rabbids 
is an example where it like would actually show you you're in the enemy's field of vision if you cross their path kind of situation. This one doesn't really do that. Uh, maybe I got to play it longer where a character will have a cork that can tell you that, but then it would I would imagine it would only be that character that would be able to tell you. Is there a problem with death in this or not? No. No, but there is kind of a permanent kind of uh, injury damage situation. Like, you can revive characters, but you only have a finite amount of health items. You would have to go back to base and heal them kind of situation, uh, which I found a little bit aggravating. I mean, I it's really trying to incorporate a lot in its own universe, but I like I get it. I just found it very cumbersome. I'm like, why? Right. You know, I, I I don't really see the point to wasting my time and I'm having to go back. Like, I keep making, I, I get, I keep like having puns in my head about the term waste land. You're wasting my time in wasteland. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's a terrible I, pun. I mean, it's, I know, that's why I didn't really say it initially, but. <laughs> it's just what's kind of popping up as I keep, yeah, no, not really. Good, because you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, it has a good review score on, like, Xbox. It's got, like, an 89, but on PS4 and PC, it has, it's, like, in the high 70s. Maybe it just performs better on the Xbox. Maybe the Xbox just doesn't have enough games this year where it's like, oh, shit, an Xbox game that's remotely okay. Give it a great score. <laughs> Quick, make people out the Xbox. Yeah, it's by a company called In... Zile Entertainment in Exile. Uh, I, I get it. I Wasteland in Exile. Wasteland games. I, I, yeah. I, I, I get it. That's that's they well made done. The Bard's Tale remaster, Director's Cut, other Wasteland games. Eh, whatever. I mean, if you look, if you're a big fan of XCOM, then definitely check this one out. I'm not huge into XCOM. I'm much more I'm much more into kind of what Rabbids and Desperados 3 were able to give me. This one I was definitely not into the story. I didn't really see the point to it. I did think it was they they tried to give the enemy characters a lot of personality and charisma, which I appreciated, but the story itself was just, oh, you're in like Colorado and this guy, things have gone to gone to shit. His kids are trying to murder him. Help him out. And you're mercenaries. You work for him now. Great. Okay. <laughs> what if I don't want to like, help him out? Is the game over? Well, exactly. I'm like, okay. Well, this sounds like your problem. This sounds like stupid. I don't want to. I don't want to help you. This sounds death. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> this sounds death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a, there was a, like, navigating the map was real weird, that took a long time for me to kind of get my head around, like, okay, how is this working, why, who do I talk to, where is he, found myself always just wandering around, like, what is happening, I was definitely not into this game, it's, again, I'll say it for the last time, if you're an XCOM fan, check this out, otherwise, skip it. Uh, which is a real shame because it was definitely the biggest game of the month that was released in August. And to me, it was one of the ones that disappointed the most, unfortunately. Uh, I'll give it a C. I- I'm probably being too hard on it. Um, Pistol Whip gets an A. Like, no question. Forgot to say that. So. Is there improvements that you could see they're making with Wasteland that'll up the score at all or not? Uh, better camera, better story. Yeah, well, and, the story, uh, unless just... they do DLC, which is going to cost money, isn't really something they can fix with a free patch. No, no. I mean, these are, these are all very core things that the, the game would just have to be remade. So. Mm. That sucks, because, like, Wasteland... Like, it's always been around. Like, it's one of those things that, like, it's a classic. But, like, it's just a shame when you see a classic come back and it doesn't live up to our expectations, which has kind of been the theme lately besides, like, remakes. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, kind of a bummer. 
kind of a yeah. So that does it for August. Uh, September, we're looking at Spelunky 2. Hey! That should, be at least, uh, that should be at least a little bit of fun. Uh, a game called 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is coming out. Anime kind of mech game. It's uh, made uh, by the friggin' Persona people, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. Yeah, because uh, um, Kay think... and I have been talking a crap ton about that game. We're both just like, we're in. Yeah, it definitely looks, definitely looks interesting. And I also believe Genshin Impact is coming out in September, uh, which is what we saw at the State of Play from PlayStation in the summer. Uh, being that it's coming out this month, and we're like, what? It's uh, supposedly Breath of the Wild with anime characters. I'm in. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a little worried because this is kind of coming out of nowhere now. <laughs> JD, it'll be fine. Plus, THPS 1 and 2 and Mario All-Stars 3D. I mean, those are just re-releases. Hey, I haven't played Sunshine. And I'm excited. You've never played Sunshine? I mean, I played it for like an hour, but I've never like played it, played it. So yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered. <laughs> just ignoring my statement. He's just like, I'm not even surprised anymore. That's definitely the big game of September. So we'll be, we will be back in October to uh, discuss at least at least four games. <laughs> it's well, well worth an episode. So yeah, uh, we, we came out of July going, man, we might not do another episode to like November. Eh, we found games to cover. We found so. a lot of games to cover. But um, yeah. question, and this is just more something that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. Why isn't um, Galaxy 2 in the All-Stars 3D thing? Uh, because it's a sequel. So is technically <laughs> Mario 3, and that was in All-Stars. Eh. So is technically the Lost Levels, and that was in All-Stars. No, 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 no. You're just crazy at this point. Ah, so I'm just overlooking things. Okay. Yeah, it's a sequel of a sequel. Come on. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, I'm all for them giving us the old 3D Mario games. It's not like it's going to be a... F- I think it is a full price game, but so that's like three very good games in like. Well, there are uh, supposedly there's only in limited quantities, so you have to pre-order it. Yeah, due to, and the, due to the thing that's happening, you know the thing, right? The um the global thing. Yeah, that global thing. Ah, uh, <laughs> I've I, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> Last time you and I spoke in regards to this global thing, one of the podcast members had said global thing. Hmm. Have they recovered? Uh, yes, has recovered. Not completely, one, though. One of my friends currently has the global thing, and she's oh, in Canada, well. and I keep checking in on her, but she's oh. she's she's in high spirits. Hmm. Hmm. Probably should have stayed quarantined. <laughs> well, she she's she's she does like blood work and pathology stuff. Uh, okay, all right. All right. Kind of a critical I'll service. Retra- I'll retract my statement. <laughs> I'm like, ah, come on, who needs blood? Get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, I oh, know. I guess my job's. I don't know. I guess my job's technically friggin' needed. Is your job needed? Nah. Mine? Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> yet you work. <laughs> <laughs> yet I never stopped. <laughs> That's funny. Are you still getting your um? Actually, no. Look, we'll ask. I'll ask that off here. But thank you guys for listening to the August episode of the Modern Gaming Podcast. And yes. I guess that's it. We'll. See. Yeah, we'll see you next month. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.